This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, we heard last week about this year's St Albans Sustainability Festival. If you missed the show, then do take a look at the podcast page of RadioVerolum.com where you'll find the podcast of it. Now, my guest this week is someone who took life-changing inspiration from the festival and used it to gather the information that she needed to make the brave move to make her home completely fossil fuel free. And she's a self-styled little old lady, and I think that you're going to love hearing her story and perhaps even find some inspiration for yourself. Roy, thank you so much for joining me. So could you just tell us about the position that you found yourself in? Uh, it was about a year ago in April 2021. So I lived for a long time in a house that had solar panels, and I loved my solar panels. But the house was too big for me, so I was moving and downsizing, which gave me the wonderful opportunity of having some spare money. One of the things I looked for in a new house was somewhere that would be good for solar panels. Most places are good for solar panels. My old house had east-west solar panels, but my new one has south-facing, so that's quite nice. And I also wanted to go the whole hog and get rid of gas, so no gas central heating. So before I moved, I visited the sustainable market in St Albans and talked to several of the storeholders and I gained a lot of information there. And then I moved out in April and started to put the plan into action. Okay, so it sounds like you, you know, you started off researching things even before you started doing anything. What was your motivation? Was it an environmental motivation or were you thinking about saving money or perhaps a combination of the so two? Almost entirely environmental. As things have turned out, of course, energy's got so much more expensive, so it's turned out to be a good economical thing as well. But I thought, well, if a little old lady can do this on her own, then other people can do this too. And that's what I wanted to show. And that's been my interest in talking about it, really. So there you are, your your moving house. Even before you've started to move house, you've started to make sure that the roof is going to be good for, for solar panels. So let's start with those. It, it sounds like for you, these were a relatively easy step. What was what, How did you go about getting the solar panels on your roof? So, yes, it was an easy step because I've had them before, but I didn't previously have batteries. So I contacted uh, Solar Streets, who just so helpful. The survey was done almost entirely by looking at Google Maps to make sure it was the right place and trees and that sort of thing. And then I got a friend to climb in the loft for me and take photographs of the loft space so that they could see where the equipment would be done, would be going. It was just as simple as that. I got a quote from that and then they turned up and they installed it and it just worked. It comes with a lovely little app, so I can sit there and watch the electricity that I'm not having to pay for, which is very rewarding. So you say that you have an app so that you can keep a track of the electricity that you're making and, and that uh, you're using. Do you find that you use electricity differently once you've got solar power? Oh, yes, and you should do. 
electricity doesn't heat very well, even in batteries. So you want to be using the most electricity at the time you're generating it. So you don't want to put your washing machine on when it's dark, you do that in the daylight. And the other thing not to do is lots of people come into the kitchen and turn on every single appliance all at the same time. And that will create a spike in demand that is too great for the solar panels and the batteries to cope with. So you end up pulling off the grid, which is more expensive. But if you just do them one at a time, put the kettle on, wait till that boils, put the toaster on, you can pretty much run for a lot of the year entirely on your own power. That sounds really quite satisfying, actually. Oh, it is. And having, I must caveat that and say that because I am on my own, I don't have a whole family leaving things switched on. Yes, indeed. Now, you've spoken about the battery. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, actually, I'm not sure how much I can tell you about the batteries. They were installed, they top up during the day, and they um, let out electricity until they run out at night. And I really don't know any more about that because they just work. So presumably you don't need to know any more apart from the fact that they help you use your own electricity that you're creating Correct. on your roof? yes, yes. I, I don't feel the need to know anything about them because they just work. Well, that's that's good to know. So you're, you're, you're producing your own electricity, like you say, but you were still using mains gas. So what did you consider to replace your, your gas boiler? So I investigated ground source and air source heat pumps. and for a retrofit, which is building on an existing house, ground source is not practical. It's something that should be happening on, on new builds all of the time, but you just can't make a big enough hole in a house that's already there. So it was the only thing I really investigated was air source. Again, information came from the Sustainable Festival. I contacted a few companies. I imagine there's a lot more companies out there now, but the ones I dealt with were were very helpful and are still being very helpful whenever I I have any questions. So I know that sometimes insulation has to be a prerequisite to fitting a a heat pump. Did you need to do any additional insulation in your house or had you already thought about that? I hadn't thought about it and it turns out I didn't need to do it. But yes, part of the, the process of getting a quote for the heat pump was a very, very thorough inspection of the insulation and, and anything that I needed to be done, which fortunately I didn't. But yes, potentially this is a problem to people whose houses are not so well insulated. So you decided to go ahead with the air source heat pump. Did that involve a lot of upheaval? No, no, not at all. Almost the biggest upheaval involved in that was actually the survey because they were very, very thorough. The only other really bit of upheaval is the old airing cupboard had its immersion heater ripped out and the inside bits of the pump were installed in there. But yeah, we're using existing radiators. The pump is on an outside wall. The pump has to be outside and it has to be a certain distance from the neighbours. But it doesn't actually need to be on your wall. It could be at the end of the garden. Again, space could be a problem to other people, but that wasn't a problem to me. So once you'd got the heat pump... How easy did you find that to get used to, having been used to a gas boiler? Is it, it's a bit different, it isn't is, it? It is different. The, the heat pump really wants to be switched on all of the time and running all the time. And certainly when I first had it installed, the app made it very difficult to do anything else. I used to being out and about and going on my app and turning my gas heating on and coming home to a warm house. It takes longer with a heat pump 
but I've now got it so that it's working the way I like it. It's not a problem with the heat pump itself. That works beautifully. It's, it's the technology I found was trying to tell me how I wanted to heat my house rather than let me do it myself. Uh, you do need to be careful because its preferred option uses a lot of electricity. Right. So you mean that you've learned when you want to turn it off to still feel that your house is well heated, but without having left it left on all the time? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I've now got it just about right. So it is almost entirely running off the solar panels at this time of year. Right. I think that some people think, well, for a start, they wonder where the heat comes from with that heat pump. And they wonder if it's actually going to be able to heat their home sufficiently. Do you have any worries about that? So I didn't have any worries about that. I am relatively scientific, so I actually know how a fridge works. And a heat pump works exactly the opposite to a fridge. And if you can accept that a fridge works, then accept that a heat pump works as well. You don't really need to know the physics behind all of that. But yeah, it it does seem a little unlikely that it would work, but it most certainly does. Right. Okay. So you, you don't have any problems about feeling that your house is, is warm enough, although, as you say, actually getting used to exactly when it needs to be switched on and off, that took a little bit of getting yes, used to. Yes, that's it. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Now, I know that when you installed your heat pump, um, you were still able to get financial help from government grants, but you, you didn't have a grant for the help of the cost of the solar panels, although, as you say, through solar streets, you, you do d- get a discount. Obviously, the changes you've made must have had a big impact on the environmental footprint of your house. But do you think that these changes have made long-term financial sense? Well, in the light of uh, everything that's going on with energy at the moment, absolutely. At the time I did it, I didn't really check out the financial implications because because I was downsizing, I had the spare cash to do it. But I would say to anybody now, the way the world's going, if you can get solar panels at the very least, just do that. And what does it feel like for you to have a home which is now completely fossil fuel free? I absolutely love it. It makes me smile all the time. And although I've had a big investment in the past to get to where I am, I'm not going to be one of these old people who's frightened to put the heating on because it's all more or less free now. Wow, that does sound absolutely amazing. So it it sounds like you'd recommend that more of us take the plunge like you have. Absolutely, yes, yes. It is a big upfront investment and it's becoming more viable every day with the the changes in the cost of energy. And something that people seem to not realise is if you get rid of the gas, you immediately save money by not having the standing charge for your gas. So though I'm still paying a standing charge for my electricity, it's a, there's a big chunk of saving because if you don't turn your gas heating on, you've still got the standing charge. And I don't have that. That's a good point as well. Just a point about you've mentioned apps a couple of times. It sounds like you've got a, a bit of a scientific background. Do you think that that a sort of slight aptitude for, for technology, being able to use a smartphone or a computer, do you think that is essential to be able to get the most out of your heat pump and your solar panels? So with the solar panels, absolutely not. All I use the app for with the solar panels is just the smile factor of seeing it's my own electricity. But I don't need that at all. I just like it. With a heat pump, you don't need an app. There's a, a thing on the wall that you can press the buttons on. 
but I quite like to be able to see it on my laptop because I can do that without standing up, but it's not necessary. Okay, well, I imagine a few people will be relieved at that. So, Ro, if anybody's inspired to follow your amazing suit and to um, go for solar panels and the heat pump and, and go fossil fuel free, do you have a couple of tips for them? Well, my first one would be do the solar panels first because that's giving you free energy. My, my other one is actually go and get some quotes. I learned so much about the heat pump in particular that I didn't know before. When they came round and they talked me through it and what worked and what didn't and insulation and things like that. Uh, and getting a quote, of course, is free. So I would definitely recommend that as a large part of your research. Get, get a quote. Brilliant. Those sound like great tips there. Ro, thank you so much indeed for sharing your experiences with us here okay, today. Thank you very much. I was talking there to Ro Jackson, getting lots of smiles from her fossil fuel free home. And if you'd like to look into making some of the changes that Roe has made, then there are some resources that you might find helpful. Sustainable St. Albans have got a web page devoted to helping you with solar panels, including how to take advantage of the solar street scheme that Roe mentioned, which will give you a discount on the cost of the panels. And to find that, head to the resources tab of sustainablestalbans.org, choose counters in, and you'll find what you need under get some solar. And I'll put the link in the notes that go with the podcast of this show, which you'll find on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. And there's a Solar Streets presentation and Q&A on the 17th of May as part of the St. Albans Sustainability Festival, and you can book your place for that via susfest.org. Also, you might be interested to hear more about what zero carbon living is like in the Our Planet, Our Future event entitled A Day in a Carbon Neutral World. Now, that's at 7.30 on the 9th of May, and it's at the Harpenden Arms over in Harpenden. Again, I'll put the booking link in the notes that go with the podcast of this show. Now, you might remember that last week I told you about the St. Albans Local Elections Environment Hustings, which was being organised by St. Albans Friends of the Earth. And it was where local people had the opportunity to put their questions on all sorts of environmental issues to a panel made up of representatives from the four main local political parties. Now, there was a diverse range of excellent questions on topics like cycling to school, greenwashing, engaging businesses in the fight against climate change, protecting Greenbelt and a whole lot more. If you miss the hustings, the good news is that you can watch a recording of it at radioverulam.com forward slash hustings or on the good old podcast page of radioverulam.com you'll find two podcasts with the audio of the hustings. So do take a listen if you'd like to learn a bit more about the local environmental policies of all the political parties you'll be voting for on the 5th of May. I've got an exciting announcement for you now, actually, from Lee Wood at Ember Designs. He says it's time to vote for your Ember eco-champion. He says with SUSFest 22 just around the corner, he's launching a new award which aims to celebrate those eco-champions who are spending their time to benefit our community by focusing on the environmental needs of the district. And it has to be said, we hear from a lot of those people here on Environment Matters, don't we? He says this award is open to everyone in 
in the St Albans district, but you can just make one nomination per person. He says his company Ember Designs has collaborated with the talented team at Hartwood Glass to produce some stunning trophies for the winners. To submit a nomination, simply send your full name along with that of your chosen Eco Award recipient and a brief synopsis of why you think that they deserve to be recognised. And you send that to info at emberdesigns.co.uk. Now, the deadline for all nominations will be at 6pm on Friday the 20th of May. There's a three-person judging panel who will then no doubt have their work cut out to decide on the final four winners and an announcement will be made a week later to coincide with the conclusion of the Sustainability Festival. So do take a think. Who are your eco-champions from St Albans District? And you can send your nominations to info at emberdesigns.co.uk. Now, perhaps you've made some changes to make your home a little bit more sustainable that you'd like to share. You can email me on amanda at radioverilon.com or you can get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment or just head to the Environment Matters Facebook page. I'm going to be back with you at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for listening.